reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom Patrol! again to the Doom Pod Troll Podcast. I'm your host Scott Coles and with me as always is Murray Fox and this week we are looking at Doom Patrol number 54 from April 1992. Ooh. It is. It's a spotlight issue. I always love spotlight issues. Oh yeah. <laughs> Character building. That's right. That is right. And it's it's a weird one. It's all on Rebus. It's a spotlight on Rebus. And it's got a cool cover. It's by um, that photographer guy, Gavin Wilson. Oh, so yeah, he's yeah. got uh, he's got a dude kind of decked out in Rebus attire with uh, great big, big sunglasses and uh, lots of uh, swaddling covering his mm-hmm. face. That's got to be hot, man. Ugh. Sweaty. I would not want to be. Well, especially not in weather like this. <laughs> I know. Yuck. Hopefully they uh, filmed that picture in the... Uh... I would imagine. So this is covers from what, February? Yeah. Yeah. April cover date. Wait. So... Yeah. So February. I'm sure they... Uh... they took the picture. Yeah. It would have been nice and cool. <laughs> For sure. Totally. Alrighty, so we got a Rebus spotlight, and, and the little sidebar on the on the cover there is all, uh, it's the moon, the surface of the moon, which sort of plays into this issue a little bit. Alrighty, so it's by Grant Morrison and Richard Case, and mm-hmm. a different inker, I think, Stan Walk. Oh, yeah. Yes. Alright, so we open up, and we've got uh, Rebus kind of having a discussion with him herself sort of he's asking (laughs) what's the question and you get the two components of rebus sort of answering i'm eleanor Poole. i'm a doctor who wants to know and then you get larry saying i'm a i'm a test pilot and then down at the bottom of the page you get uh kind of a wonky word bubble saying i am the invisible fire that works in secret yes now did we know at this point that there were three components to the negative creature well yeah there's larry yeah. uh what's her name and Eleanor. The, neg- the negative energy being the itself. Negative energy. that's the yeah. third one there, yeah. Right? yeah 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 i think so yeah because then we get the next page and we get larry uh sorry regis floating on the moon with the earth uh, kind of shining behind him like a big eyeball um and he describes the moon it's dead white landscape how did i get up here i can't be alive how am I alive on the moon? You know all the questions one would normally ask if one was suddenly floating on the moon's surface. <laughs> and uh, we got the negative creature, and on either side of it, uh, one side he's holding Eleanor's hand, the other side he's holding Larry's hand. Three parts combined, two sexes, one purpose. And we flip the page, and the weirdness starts. <laughs> This issue is like filled with Morrison weirdness. Yeah, I mean it's 
again, it's not just weirdness for weirdness sake. It all has that sort of purpose. You just have to sort of try and parse it out for yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's, there's stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But it definitely requires a little bit of thinking and detective work there. <laughs> all right, so uh, Rebus is telling us that... Uh, there's a sound, atoms crackling in the heart of the sun. There's wedding bells ringing in airless space, and yet I can't hear my own breathing. And that kind of triggers possibly a memory. Um, and we see, I'm assuming it's Eleanor and her husband, maybe? maybe yeah. It's, yeah, I think it's supposed to be her husband. Yeah. They are uh, going at it, breathing hard, flesh pounding against flesh. And on the other side of the page, we see Larry in his uh, fighter rocket plane crashing down to the earth. And in between those two panels, we've got a picture of of uh, Rebus kind of lying on a bed, very, very pregnant, about to give birth to something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we kind of continue through. Um, we hear from Larry's point of view. He went higher than Jaeger, higher than anybody. I'm losing it. Black and silver boiling in front of my eyes as he's about to crash. And then we uh, zip down to Eleanor's panel and and uh, mouths are melting together. Teeth are fusing. Sweat's boiling into vapors. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. <laughs> and we bounce back and forth between the two. Larry's still crashing. There's a hole right there, a hole in my head, and something crawled in it. Electrics up and down my spine. I'm losing it. And then from Eleanor... Disintegrating into a black heat, snap and flash of atoms crackling. I'm, and then you get at the very bottom of the page, the negative creature. I think gets a name. Oh, and that's kind of cool. I just kind of noticed that as they're intercutting the panels, you've got mm-hmm. Eleanor and uh, I guess her husband, although he he's blonde. I thought maybe oh, it was it's Larry. Oh, it's Larry. It's Larry. She's making out with Larry. They're kind of merging, and in the background, they're kind of floating on what looks like green waters. And then, as you pull back, the uh, it slowly kind of morphs to form two green, shiny eyeballs from the negative creature. So it's like, as yeah. you, it's it's a neat, neat image. Um, just kind of emphasizing the the connectedness of all three of them there. Yeah. And at the very bottom of the page, we are introduced to Mercurius. I am Mercurius, who is, I guess, the negative creature. Mm-hmm. He gets a name. After all these years, he gets to have a name. <laughs> at least for uh, this arc, and then <laughs> it will be forgotten about again. That's right. Uh, so we're back to Larry and Eleanor. They're kind of... They're, uh, they're finished for now. I can't stand this heat. Larry, I feel for you. <laughs> my hair is falling out with the heat <gasps> don't say that that's terrible that's a nightmare i'm gonna go stick my head in the freezer right now <laughs> i can hardly breathe what am i gonna do and uh, eleanor tells him autumn's coming everything's dying i think i must be your sister larry mm. oh. interesting and she puts his her hand on his shoulder and she's wearing this gold ring and she says the ring fits me It's never going to end, Eleanor, dead and buried in this glass sarcophagus. It's never going to end. And then they go back to doing it. Well, in the uh, middle panel, we've got, like, the negative creature kind of swirling around in a a swirl, I guess. Let me out! Let me out! If you'll Mm -hmm. free me, I will give you as much 
as will serve you for your lifetime. And we get a final uh, panel on that page of, I guess, Larry's rocket fighter plane, sort of. Yeah. Crashed underwater there. Rainforest green light in the submarine twilight. Stifling heat in the belly of the beast. The war in heaven never ends. It's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. We get the next page, and it's a whole bunch of black panels with uh, a red dot that kind of gets bigger and bigger as the panels mm-hmm. progress. Right. Stops as the red light. And we get a picture of Larry as the negative creature, kind of designed the way John Byrne would do it, all kind of skeletony and green energy around it. Look right. at me, I'm a freak. What's happened to me up there? And then we go back to this little red circle, and oh, it's the button. This is how they start the final war. A touch on the button, tongue on the button, mother's nipple looming up like a sun. Matter dissolving in the core of the sun and the solar furnace, the nuclear bridal chamber. And then we get another picture of uh, Rebus lying on that bed. Very big pregnant belly. It's coming. Head all bloody. It's coming. And by now the black panel is pretty much all red. And we've got a couple of uh, figures in silhouette there. Mm -hmm. Words condensing out of white noise. And then we get lots of... Jibber jabber. Symbolic outpost of the solar system. Dwelt. The untouched super race with sun brilliant childlike orgasms. Stranded heads sucking the strange absence. I saw the future. Her hand from the sky. Her pale, devastated hand with its red painted nails. Men of metal molded to her energy curve. She cupped me in her hands and by proper stimulation of some kind gently kissed me, making oral cosmic swirling motions with her Martian tongue. An alternating charge. Sixteen megacycles. <laughs> wow. I yes. got like 16 megacycles. <laughs> Not at one time. Woo. Oh, really? I need to find myself a negative creature. Yes. <laughs> on and on it goes. We both thrusted in unison. Great geniuses created synthetically on the desolate moon. I felt him in the sun, in the cosmic rays. The dread monster discovers the sexual intruders. Two people talking about a third? Nope. There's only me, no one but me. There will be some amazing results. And the final panel shows Rebus standing in front of what looks like, probably like hospital operating room doors. Um... He opens him up, he comes inside, and he hears, I hate you, I hate you, I'll kill you. And we've got uh, one body with two sort of heads and shoulders attached, kind of fighting each other. Yeah, kind of like, uh, you know, the old double-headed double there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are substitute heroes. Double-header with, like, an extra set of shoulders so they can both well, yeah, get some he, grabbing in Because I guess that was his power, right? He was, he was very, very slowly fissioning. Yes. Yeah, so, very so slowly. eventually, further on, this would have been that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Anyway, they're, they're a little upset. They're pulling at each other's hair, and they're grabbing at their ears, and they're not having fun. <laughs> Poor guys. So we go back to Rebus, and he's having... He, she is having... Nightmares or prophetic visions or something. Black and white soundless murder movies. And we see the various members of the Doom Patrol 
all laid to waste. So we've got Danny the Street kind of being exploded and destroyed. Crystal knocked on Danny the Street, windows and doorways exhaling fire, broken glass twitching on gashed sidewalks. And we see the chief out of his action chair, thrown to the ground. Cliff is all pulled apart and his brain is pulled out of his noggin there. And I think that's Rebus trapped in a spider web being grabbed by some sort of shadowy creature. And you've got Dorothy screaming. And the very final panel is a big, mean-looking candle melting wax slowly over the earth. Ah, the candle. candle. The candle is back. Yeah. Yes. And then we finish off with the the two-headed creature dead on the ground in a pool of blood. Everything is dead. And Larry is covering up his face, or Rebus is, saying, I was just practicing, just practicing. Um, and then we get some someone else saying, Cuckoo, Prince Danila. Cuckoo, Gavarilla. Goverilla? Cuckoo, he takes his sister. From the corners of the room, the dolls are singing, and they're kind of like those um, nesting Russian dolls, except they've all got little question marks on them, and they've got no faces, mm-hmm. and they kind of fade out into the background. Cuckoo for a wife. Cradle rhymes, fairy stories, mother's voices on a rainy night. Cuckoo earth open wide. Cuckoo sister fall inside. And we're watching Rebus kind of sit on this theater chair and slowly dissolve to dust while all this is happening. So, portents of doom. Ah, then we see Rebus looking at a tree growing by the uh, gravesides of Eleanor and Larry. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, thank God it's over. Tiny meteors are raining down. Why do they cling to dualities? Too bad. Fiery rain falling, voices among the roots of the oak tree. It must have been like hell. Don't know why there's no sun up in the sky. And on the other side of the page, we've got three panels um, that kind of emphasizes the dual nature of uh, of Rebus there. You've got a man and a woman. Um, they're talking about black and white, rain and shine. Um, unable to let go of the disintegrating ego, clutching the last decaying fragments of the old personality, stormy weather and then someone says hold still and we've got uh sexy rebus <laughs> sexy rebus in a corset and uh thigh high nylons fishnets and he's being tied into his little corset there it's too tight i can't breathe and this sexy little lady behind him is like how can i get you done up when you won't hold still you need it tight I don't know what you're so shy about. You should be showing off what you've got instead of hiding it under that old coat, see? And you've got such lovely skin, like coffee with milk in it, like creamy chocolate. I can hardly keep my hands off you. And then Rebus throws on a black wig. I feel so strange tonight. Must be the full moon. And I mean, I know a lot of us have sort of, you know, that the quote unquote infamous spank bank, but Rebus is... <laughs> totally weird (laughs) me either but Remus is decked out in sort of a kind of a black canary costume taken to the next level and she's wearing a fur coat sort of over top of it hanging out on the street in the rain 
Uh, it's a hot red night, not a breath of air. It's like being buried alive. I'm wired, blazing with adrenaline, senses on all edges, footsteps coming out of the dark. You get to know the regulars. This isn't one of them, but I know them all the same. I know them from somewhere. Uh, let me see. I thought it was a man, but now I can't tell whether it's a man or a woman. She smells of flowers or smells of rain. He smells of rain. Something's happening in the corner of the room in the haunted barometer house. Tiny gasps. Two voices. One voice coming together. The bleeding interior tides. The lunar pulse. I shit blood and a golden crown. Mm-hmm. Should see a doctor about that. <laughs> Maybe. That might be, uh... Or the chief. Either one. Either one. He's like a doctor, just creepier. <laughs> totally. Totally, totally. And he's probably watched every move you've made, so he's got tons of data on whatever's going on. We kind of flash back to the uh, gravestones again. And out of one of the grave, We only see the one gravestone now, so... Yeah. Larry and Eleanor's gravestone have kind of merged, I guess. And it doesn't really matter because it explodes a second later with a big yeah. green burst of light shooting up into the sky, turning everything into kryptonite. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> More kryptonite. Superman was getting worried. And out of the uh, out of the grave springs a creature with bat wings and breasts and green energy shooting out of her hair and she's holding two two snakes that are kind of shaped like um like the the medical doctor snakes those two snakes that kind of entwine and in that symbol i'm sure you know what i'm talking about <laughs> the uh the medical symbol the yeah, yeah yeah the doctor's Oh, what is that called? It's got a name. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. It's Greek or something. God, we're so stupid. I know. It's, it's too hot. Is it the Caduceus? <laughs> yeah, maybe. That might be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the two snakes have been pulled apart, so one is in each in each hand of this bat creature who is screaming. After many sufferings and great mart- martyry? Martyry? Really? I've never heard of that word. Martyry. No, the act of being murdered, I guess. Yeah, I'll have to use that today. Maybe at dinner. <laughs> it rarely comes up in conversations. Uh. <laughs> this hamburger felt martyry as I cooked it. Anyway, the creature, I rise again, transfigured of all blemish-free. Wow, that's all right. And at the moment, Larry is still floating above the moon, or Rebus is, and he's just going, hmm... Hmm. So presumably this is all sort of happening in his head, kind of. Right. No, this is, yeah, this is all sort of the... It's sort of interior... Symbolic... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...goings on. His thoughts as he figures out what's going on. Trying to, trying to express the, the, the magnitude of the whole... Uh, you know, the, the Experience. Of the, yeah. of the people and the... The birthing of a new form, whatever. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, Rebus says they died. Larry Trainer and Eller, Eleanor Poole died to make me. Bodies and spirits pounded in a mortar. Thoughts and memories crushed together, blended and refashioned, refashioned by the third part of me, Mercurius. Who's Mercurius? Do I care? 
And as he's floating along the moon, he comes to one of the uh, moon lunar landing sites where there's like a big, well, the remnants of a, of a rocket thing. 20 years ago, and the boot prints are still fresh. Larry wanted to be an astronaut until his accident. Of course, it was pointless to attempt the exploration of space in slow and heavy machines hooked up to aqualungs. Imagine the fish crawling from the Devonian lakes wearing little bubble helmets filled with water. Evolution's a hard taskmaster. If we really wanted to go into space, we'll have to leave our bodies behind. It's simple. And he floats a little higher and follows the path of the moon buggy. Moonbuggy tracks like stitches in the dust, crisscross, tread marks, laces pulled tight. What did they see when the cameras went dead? What did they see that we weren't allowed to see? Larry would have wanted to know. And Rebus looks up into or across the moon and we get more symbolism. We get two trees kind of growing together. And at the top, so their branches are kind of entwined. And at the very top of the tree... There, the trees are kind of holding a sun nestled at the very top, and they're encircled by a golden ring. I'm sure there's tons of symbolism there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Two things becoming one, joined, forming a third. The glow of a nightlight shaped like the moon, blue rabbits on the walls, Russian doll containing countless smaller dolls. Um... Paper handkerchief, smelling of a mother's handbag, a black woman is reading in a warm room. And we get lots of this sort of jibber-jibber-jabber. Mercurius starts to speak. Um, During the midday rest, the young man went roaming in the forest and came upon an immense oak tree. There he heard a voice calling from the earth, let me out. He dug down among the roots of the tree and there he found a sealed glass bottle from which the voice had come. He opened the bottle and a spirit rushed out, growing to enormous size. I am the great and mighty Mercurius. It roared, and now you shall have your reward. Whoso releases me, him I must strangle. The boy thought quickly and said, hmm. Good deal. I know. (laughs) I thought I was supposed to get three wishes. (laughs) Yeah, what the hell? (laughs) So you say, but first, I must have proof that you were indeed in that bottle and that you are truly a spirit. If I see you return to the bottle, I will believe you, and I will be at your mercy. Full of pride, the spirit slipped back into the bottle, whereupon the boy quickly stoppered it, and now the spirit promised to reward the boy if he set it free. The boy agreed and released the spirit, which gave him, as a reward, a small piece of rag. And as this is going on, we see Rebus kind of floating down to the bottom of the tree, and we see like a, sort of like a wood sprite, growing into the tree, all entangled by roots, and he digs into the chest of the wood sprite, pulls open a shelf or a cupboard drawer, and inside the the wood thing's chest drawer are bottles and things. So the story being told is mirroring what Rebus is doing. Yeah. And inside we see pictures of Eleanor with her husband, um... And he's just kind of tossing things away, little timepieces. There's a book, Partners in Wonder. And he continues to dig through. Um, And the story continues to be told by Mercurius. Spread one end of this rag over any wound and it will surely heal, the spirit said. Rub steel or iron with the other end and it will turn into silver. 
The boy rubbed his damaged axe with the rag, and the axe turned to silver. He was able to sell the axe and thereby free his father from ever having to work again. The young man was able to return to his studies, and later, thanks to his rag, he became the most celebrated surgeon in the whole world. And Rebus is realizing, oh, the dolls were a metaphor. The same doll giving birth to itself endlessly. A metaphor, like the story of the spirit in the bottle. I wondered what it meant. Now I know. And Rebus pulls the last thing out of the uh, cupboard. And it's a giant egg. A giant green egg that he holds up above his head. And he says, now I have the answer. And we get a little page from a horoscope which says, A wonderful week ahead where you seem to have delved into your emotional self and came out victorious due to this. Your finances take an upward swing. You may even receive money out of the blue. But, being slightly psychic, this does not alarm you unduly. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Rebus seems to be comfortable with what it's becoming. Mm-hmm. There we go. I guess it wasn't as confusing as I thought on first read. It slowly no, kind of pulls together. Yeah. It's mostly just trying to depict that whole scenario of the Ouroboros. It's, you know, always eating its tail, infinite, never-ending. My guess is the idea is that this whole thing is just part of a cycle that goes on with the, with the negative energy being. And it just keeps regenerating and and uh, just changing all the time. Yes. Yes. And you can just say that, I guess, but it sounds kind of boring. So the way Grant Morrison <laughs> says it. That's right. You stretch it out over 25 pages. You throw some pretty words in there. Some yeah, you get a nice fairy tale. Totally. Cool. It's, it works. It works. It works. All righty. So that is it for Rebus. We'll see. Maybe next month we'll see the egg hatch. I believe so. I don't remember, though. It's been a long time. Rebus gets to be father to a chicken. He gets to be father to a little baby chick. And they adopt it, and they grow it big, and the chicken becomes... becomes a mascot like (laughs) Scrappy-Doo. Yes, except way better than Scrappy. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't take much. (laughs) Absolutely. Although I think there are people out there that enjoy Scrappy-Doo. What My heard. daughter is one of them. I almost no. disowned her yesterday. Oh dear! Ugh. Unbearable what kids will like. I tell you. Ugh. Yes, <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Alrighty. Well, if you've got your own, um, what am I saying? If you've got your own little scrappy do story, your own little, <laughs> yeah. your own little Mercurius that you want to uh, share with us. You can do so at our website. Let it out of the bottle. That's right. Let yourself out of the bottle. Mm -hmm. You can do it at doompodtroll.com, which is where all of our episodes are hanging out with their little comment threads. You can also send us an email to doompodtroll at gmail.com. Yes, please do so. We're getting so lonely here in the Doom Patrol compound, sweating, sweating, always sweating. (laughs) Totally. Oh. Doom Patrol at gmail.com. There we go. Signed in and 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 we have a new 
inbox. Woohoo! That's lovely. The new inbox looks beautiful. We got email from the Gmail team telling us all about our new inbox. I which thought, is, they, I thought <laughs> they'd never call again. I know. They're like, not only do we enjoy your Doom Patrol retellings, but you now have three tabs that you can use. A primary tab, a social tab, and a promotions tab. Which, just like Rebus. Just like Rebus. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. <laughs> Alrighty, but if you'd like to actually add like something that's not from the Gmail team, you can do that. And we would happily, happily read your comments. Alrighty, we'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.